Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity, forming strong teams to support them. Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Monday, September 11th. And before we start answering your financial questions, we always like to take a moment to think about 9-11 and uh, where you were. So, Mark, uh, I'm going to ask you to come on the air and say, where were you on September 11th in the, uh, the, the World Trade Center fiasco and horrendous murder of innocents? Yeah, hard to believe. 22 years ago. My goodness. I don't know where time goes. But I was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, working the local, the local market there. Really? Was it weird to be a New Yorker out of New York? Because it was for me. I was out of New York also. I was living in New England, and it was just awful. Yeah, it was bizarre. I remember I woke up that morning to a, you know, back in those days, you still had answering machines to, you know, landlines. And I woke up because of time difference. I woke up to a message, I think it was from my sister, saying, like, don't worry, dad's okay. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because, you know, my father at that point was working in the city. Obviously, shortly thereafter, turned on the TV, saw what was happening. But he <laughs> he was stuck for hours upon hours, because they shut everything down, he was stuck up on the uh, the GW bridge. He managed, you know, yeah, he was able to get out of the city and onto the bridge, and then they shut everything down, and he was stuck there for a while. Oh, we didn't know where my father was for a while, and it was a little scary because he was on the board of the American Stock Exchange at the time. So there was this thought of like, oh my God, was he like, was he downtown? Was he at Trinity Place? Was there a meeting? What was going on? And it was it was so scary because you just couldn't get through on any. And then, you know, finally, finally, later that afternoon, much later, my father calls me because what, what what's what's your problem? I'm fine like that. What what's your problem? And I, I said, thanks. He goes, well, I was on the golf course. That's where he was. But it was such it was so um, like it was surreal. Jackie had just purchase the apartment. She had no cable. She was waiting for the cable guy to come on September 11th. And so she went out on one of those piers that goes straight out into the Hudson. And she said that she remembers she was there with a whole bunch of people and they watched the second tower come down and everyone was crying. It was so awful. 
I know it's weird. It's like um, it 22 years, I could go back in an instant. I know exactly where I was. I remember who I was watching on TV. I remember, um, uh, sorry, CBS, but I was watching the Today Show. And I remember how amazing Katie Couric was on the air, like just in, in a disaster and talking to people. And I remember Maria Bartiromo before she went off the ledge and went nuts where she is now um, doing great work for CNBC on the ground uh, around Wall Street. It was just, it was um, astounding, really was. I don't know about you, but for me, it seems like it was yesterday. And as I, as I sit here and talk to you, I'm looking at my refrigerator and I have it on the fridge. I have an old picture of me as a 13 year old on the, uh, on the south, on top of the South Tower. Oh, but Theo, Theo always asks, who, who is that? Who's that in the picture? <laughs> All right. Well, listen, think about uh, September 11th. Think about people that uh, perished and think about those folks in Pennsylvania, those brave people that uh, were, were just uh, blindsided, just absolutely blindsided by it. And uh, it was a real, it was a pretty, I never remember um, a time where it was scarier to be in New York. I remember the exchange was closed for like five days. It was insanity. Um, and and the I remember when they rang the bell, I could cry right now, when they rang the bell on the New York Stock Exchange, that first session after the fact. It was unbelievable. It really was. Hmm, okay. Usually, Usually it's me. Today it's you. I know. I mean, September 11th doesn't do it. I don't know what will. It's usually about my dogs. Um, okay. Let us move on. Okay. <sighs> All right. I could cry at anything. I cry at the movies, everything. That's that's why we get along. Two weepers. I know. We're both crybabies. Weepers. Weepas. Uh, it reminds me, there was one show, one of those like, um, like The Amazing Race, one of those shows or something. One of those like funny shows. And one of the guys was a crier and he was on the phone with his wife and she's like, are you crying again? (laughs) Oh gosh. All right. Now take a deep breath. We're moving on. Okay. Very good. So we're here to try to take the mystery out of your financial life. And if you would like to join us on the air live, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button and check the box that says you want to come on the air. Also, while you're there, sign up for the free weekly newsletter, subscribe to our new service, Jill on Money Life. Uh, I'm talking to you a week away from the next event. We're actually recording this in advance. And Mark, I'm going to send an email, a text rather, to Nate today because I'm or I have anxiety that that he's not going to show up. But if if hopefully, gosh willing, I will say uh, that Nate is going to join us. That's Nate Burleson, who is the co-anchor of CBS Mornings. He's also a studio analyst for CBS, the NFL Today Show. And uh, hopefully, hopefully he joins us in two days for our awesome webinar. You can only take part in that webinar if you are a subscriber to Jill on Money Live. So check that out. All right, Mark, let's get to a caller listener. Let's talk to Anne, who's on the line from Ohio. Hello, Anne. How are you? What can we do for you? Hello. Uh, Good. Thank you so much for taking my call. I love your show and your books. I am trying to figure out what to do next in my life. Um, When I wrote, I was deciding whether to leave a job that had been cut to part-time, but I have done that already. Bye-bye, she says. Anne says, bye-bye. Don't let that door hit me on the way out. How old are you, Anne? I'm only 54. 
did you hate the job or did you like the job? Like what, what are the, what's the nature of the circumstances under which you were like, I'm out of here. I loved some aspects of the job, but the uh, leadership structure had changed and it was incompatible and I'd been cut to part time and it's, I've also moved. So it's also an hour commute each way Mm. and without the benefits and only three days and the hassle, it wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah. Goodbye. So my question to you is, do you, have you had uh, any luck getting a new job since you've leaving the other one? I have not been looking too hard. I'm, I'm taking some time. I, I've only done music and teaching and that's what I've been doing for the past 14 years. Uh, and we're building a new house a little further out and my parents need some help. So I've been doing all of that type of thing. Who's the we in that? I do have a partner. We are not married. Uh, okay. We are talking about it. So that's in the question right now. I think right now we're looking at just, I'd like to make sure I'm safe. I've been divorced about five years, uh, sold the family house. Kids are out and grown and independent. So lots of changes in the last five years. Wow. Very exciting. So um, let's talk a little bit about what you have accumulated at your age 54. Oh, and one other question uh, when we talk about that. So you have a partner, you're not married. Do you keep your all of your financial lives? Do, do you keep everything separate or is there a combination here? We have currently been keeping things separate little gun shy after divorce about making sure that if anything happens to this relationship that I can still, you know, carry on and take care of myself. Good. We are the new house we are sharing. I have invested some in the new house. All right. That's good. So um, let's, so let's talk about, first of all, what you have in terms of your retirement savings. Okay. So I have about 414,000 in retirement accounts 178 in a 401k. And then I just rolled over an old teaching account into a regular IRA. So there's about 40,000 in that, 187 in a Roth, and a little bit in a a TSA annuity that I got when I first started teaching that has just sat there and I don't know what to do with that. So that's only about 8,000. All right. But that's all part of the 414. So the only part that has been taxed, the 187 of the Roth, right? Right. Okay, great. How about non-retirement? What do you got there? Just a a brokerage account, anything like that? Yep. Um, I have about 670 in non-retirements. I have Mm -hmm. 8,000 in an HSA. I have 11,000 in I-bond. I have 25 in CDs. I have about 140 in cash, but we were kind of saving about 80,000 of that for to help finish the house. Okay. Um, I have 90,000 in Exxon that was uh, part of the divorce settlement, so it has a 1965 stock basis, um, and 407 in a Vanguard brokerage. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. You said there was a. Uh, you said first you said 670,000, right? The Vanguard brokerage is that included in that? That's 600? included in that. Oh, come on. I was so excited to write plus. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. So um, ExxonMobil stock has a very low cost basis. Okay. Yeah. I got it. And you mentioned kids. They're adults. How old are they? Uh, one is 22 and the other is 26. And they're doing okay on their own? They are doing great. And uh, dad has enough money to help them if they need it. Fabulous. You only got divorced five years ago. Is there there any sort of anything else left in this divorce? Like, do you have 
any sort of uh, payments that you're making or your ex is making to you? Or is that not on the table? No, that is on the table. And that's why I'm not rushed in, into getting a job. I have uh, 50000 in alimony that I get mm-hmm. until I'm 65, uh, whether I'm married or not. And that basically covers all of my expenses. So, what? Yeah. Wait a minute. That's amazing. Yeah. So Boy. I live pretty cheaply. It feels kind of tight, yeah. but I, I can do it. Yeah. But you, you got 50 grand a year. That's obviously taxable to you. Right. And that's the only income you have right now, right? At this point, yes. So okay. I was looking at getting, I need to know what other type of job I need to get, determine what income I need to bring in to make sure I can retire. Well, you can do this very easily, I presume, which is like, if you know that it's tight, what are your actual expenses on a monthly basis? I mean, it's it must be, I don't know, is it is it four grand a month? Um, I think that I have total with the taxes, I've been spending about 48000 a year. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And maybe you need a little more. So whatever you could like, all right, so that's fine. So it's basically... If after taxes, you're not clearing that 50. So are you spending down some of your no. cash? No, not at all. takes care of everything, including the taxes. What are, your, what are your deductions right now? Do you own a home right now? No. Only income. Well, wait a minute. You have the alimony and then we have money that is generated from your cash and your non-qualified account. If I looked at your tax return, do you have any idea what your um, adjusted gross income was last Looking year? Looking at my tax return from last year. My right. gross was 70000 uh, basically. The past couple of years, I've been plowing everything from my job into the 401k mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just living but on the alimony. Tell us a little bit about the new house. Well, my partner's dream has been to build a house himself. So we're mostly doing it ourselves. So we were figuring out how to spray paint the whole house uh, last night. So nice. we've hired some people for things, but mostly doing it ourselves. So it takes a while and it's kind of as it goes. Okay. And so where are you living right now in, in a house that he, another house that he owns? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are you, is he like, don't pay me rent or don't pay me? Any, are you paying any of the expenses or not really? We are. We're splitting the expenses. Okay. And is he retired? No, he's five years older. And he's happy working, making a lot of money, I hope. Uh, he's pretty happy working, making about 90,000. And you think he'll work straight through to, I don't know, 62, 65. What do you think? He was originally hoping to work till 70. But, you know, as as you get older, the people at work kind of get a little less happy with you. You <laughs> start to cost a lot of money. Ageism. <laughs> you, how dare you be old and know what you're doing? I know. How dare you? <laughs> God. And show up every day. Exactly. Terrible. <laughs> um, okay. So this is interesting. It's a very interesting situation. Do you want to understand whether or not you can just never work again and just live on your alimony till age 65? Your alimony is not adjusted for inflation or anything. It's just a straight dollar amount, right? Right. Okay. And so is the question, do I have to go back to work or how much do I have to go to make? Or what do you think? I I believe I have to go back to work. I was looking at the Vanguard retirement planners. I was putting in that if I lived on 60,000 a year in retirement, Mm -hmm that I would need to make about $10,000 more at least. Yeah. I mean, the first number that came up for me was you were walking through the expenses and what was going on was 10 or 15,000. But, you know, like that's not terrible, especially, especially because you're so young, you know, I don't know if there's anything else you can do. You said music, right? Yes. Music and teaching was those, were those were our two things? Those were the two things. Can you make 
you know, a thousand dollars a month teaching music to pathetic little children? I would have to say I teach strings. And so, you know, band's a lot more popular than strings, but I could, I would be, that would be one of the things I'd be looking into or some tutoring or just a, you know, hourly job. What's the hardest string instrument to play? Ooh, that depends who you're talking to. I'm talking to you, girl. <laughs> uh, I'm going for violin. Really? Yeah. What's the difference between playing the violin and the viola in terms of difficulty? The violin usually has a lot more notes to play. So they play a lot oh. fancier, harder parts. The viola oh. plays more of the harmony. And mm. so the difficulty is fitting in and providing the harmony and then sometimes bumping up to the melody. Mark, do you think this is hysterical that I'm asking this? It just so happens I was just, I had just my, so my girlfriend is a musician and I just asked her this question because she always throws the symphony channel on in uh, the car. And I'm like, what is the difference? Like what? And, and she didn't really know. So this, you are now answering a question, which I can report back, which is fantastic. All right. Do you feel comfortable being able to go out and make 10 or 15 grand doing something? I think so. I think if you do that, you'll be fine. I really do. Um, and and here's a couple of things to consider. So any money that you have, like you mentioned this old TSA, I mean, just as much as possible, we'd like to consolidate everything. While you're still just making 50 grand a year, um, maybe what I might do, because you are cash heavy, I would do a few things while you're still in this low tax bracket. One is I would think about looking at my brokerage account and see if there are any losses in that account. And if there are, you can sell some of the ExxonMobil uh, stock and you can take the gain versus the losses. Don't do it if it's just all gain, if it's all gains, it's not worth doing it for you. But it's just something to think about, right? Like, oh, you know what? I can, I can kind of maneuver this this is called tax loss harvesting. And you can do that and, and, and also maybe smooth out some of your allocation because you're very heavy in ExxonMobil, obviously. So that's one thing to think about. The next thing to consider is that, you know, even if we have this 80 grand in cash, right, that's going to go to the house, that still leaves you 60 in cash, right? And the question becomes, should you convert some of your pre-tax 300 to something dollars to $100,000 or not into a Roth. I'm a little hesitant about that uh, because you don't have that much cash. So I am more inclined to say this, that let's see how things go. If you don't spend all of that $80,000 on the house or your cash starts accumulating because you're not making $10,000 a year, you're making $20,000 a year, then I might do some conversions. I really might. But I just would be careful not to deplete your cash. I think that having that 60 grand is a good, probably 50, 60 is a good number for you to have. Now, the only other question I have for you is if you do get married, you said like maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. Right now, the the idea of you guys getting married, let's see, he makes 90, you have 50 and in, let's call it 60. It's not terrible. You know, he, he's probably pretty close to a 22. The worst case scenario is that like you're in the 22% tax bracket. It, it's not bad together. You don't have like a massive marriage penalty. But how are you getting your health insurance right now? 
Right now, they say I have 90 days to COBRA it. So I'm looking into, you know, Obamacare or COBRA, or that would be one of the benefits of getting married. Right. Sort of like a very marriage kind of thing. Like, well, let's get married for the health insurance. Well, you can get COBRA. How much is COBRA out of pocket for you? They have not given me the information on that. I think Mm -hmm. I'm estimating... I'm going to guess a thousand bucks a month, but that's just me. Yeah, that's what I was. I was thinking it was about ten thousand. Okay, a year. I mean, you can compare that with um, with uh, the marketplace, uh, and and you can check that out, or you can just go on Cobra, just have it. You know, you have it for eighteen months, right? And you can decide what to do going forward, and and that way you don't have to disrupt any of your doctors or anything like that. You're, you know what I mean? It's just it's fine. Now, the when you said the that your expenses are about, let's call it fifty or sixty thousand, were you including the health insurance in that or not? I think I can make it work, including the health insurance in that. Okay, I like you getting a little job, especially while he is working. You mentioned you have a mom, though. Um, does mom require any money for you from you to support her? Luckily, not. So they are doing well financially. They just need time um, and help. All right. What else do I need to know about you? What what we've talked about a whole bunch of things. What else do you need to know? Um, so basically, I'll be okay if I only earn ten to fifteen. That you don't think I need to go out and get a an actual real job that pays about as much as I. Have. No, I don't think you do. Mark, do you agree with that? Can she make? I mean, you just got to keep up. You have to keep pace with inflation. If all of a sudden your expenses start skyrocketing, and it's not sixty grand or fifty grand, it's a hundred thousand. Then you have to go get a job. But I think it's not that bad the way that you've laid it out. She doesn't she doesn't spend a lot and she's got, you know, she basically has a pension until she's 65. Yeah. I mean, I think that that I think it works darn well. Thank you very much. So um, and you want to delay taking that Social Security. And I think that you're being yeah, you're in very good shape. You really are. So I feel like uh, you can do this. And um, and, you know, if you don't kind of get married, don't get married. Just do what's comfortable for you. OK. There's no nothing. No, there's no gun to your head at all. All right. Uh, documents. I know you always ask about that. Um, I don't have my documents in order. I do have beneficiaries and transfer on death on everything. Oh, that's good. But you should have. But what about a nice will that says what? Like right, what's going to happen? I got the happen? NOLA willmaker a couple of years ago. Is that worth doing or do I really need to go to a professional? Well, first of all, you obviously will do that if you get married. OK, you will absolutely must. I would just, I wouldn't mind if if you have like the NOLO and it's like uh, a placeholder, that's fine. Uh, you know, you can go to like a local attorney who will draft a will, a simple will that is just, it's just like a placeholder. Uh, and if you, uh, maybe that there would be a reason to do this simply because the new home will be in his name or your name jointly. We haven't decided how that works out. Best. Yeah, I mean, I would think that if you have equity in the home, then maybe that's something that you say, okay, the home we should own jointly with rights of survivorship. So if he were to die, you inherit it. And if he and if you were to die, he would inherit it. And that comes outside of your estate. Um, and everything else goes to the kids. Uh, but, you know, listen, importantly, I, I would say that you also need a healthcare proxy. You need a durable power of attorney. So, you know, if you have those documents, okay, it would be wonderful if you could just, you know, ask a friend, does anyone have a good estate attorney? Just, you know, like ask around a little bit. It is a, it's sort of a tighter way to do it, especially in a second relationship. 
Make sense? Yes. Thank right. you so much. Thanks for uh, clearing up the viola versus violin issue in my household. I very much appreciate it. And we wish you the best of luck. Stay in touch. Way to reset, girl. Way to go. So if you, like Anne, are contemplating something big in your life, a transition, first of all, you should buy my book, The Great Money Reset. But second, get in touch with us. Go go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and let us know if you want to come on the air live. It's really much better when we can talk things through with you. So do that. And uh, while you're on the website, check out all the other great content. Lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.